Welcome to the Force of Habit podcast, a kick-ass space for the woman of color on her journey to becoming the most powerful version of herself. Here, we talk all things mindset, routine, and transformation. I'm your host, Chantel Taylor, nutritionist and weight loss coach. Come hang out with me, girl. Grab your headphones or blast me on your morning commute. This space is just for you. Here we grow. What's up, ladies, and welcome, welcome back to a brand new episode of Force of Habit. I hope you guys had an incredible weekend. I had a wild one, for sure. I've had a wild last week or two. (laughs) This was Bexley's last week of fall break. She got two weeks. How insane is that? (laughs) And we have just had so many kids at our house the last two weeks. The past week in particular, we had a total of six kids in the house. My nieces and nephews mostly, so Bexley's cousins. And Lord... I crawled out of this weekend gasping for air, but we are here. (laughs) We made it. We're on the podcast. I have just been cooking nonstop. Anyone who has more than like four kids, anyone who has kids, I applaud you, but specifically the moms who have more than like four, I have a new found respect for you. Like no joke. I literally felt like a butler (laughs) the last week. I was telling my husband, having all the kids in the house brought me back to like my serving days when I was like a a waitress in college because I felt like I was keeping up with orders. Like I was taking care of tables. Like this kid's asking for snacks. This one needs water. This one needs help going to the bathroom. It's like a hundred open loops in your head. And then to top it off, you're like, you know, trying to keep them all from fighting and tearing each other's heads off and tattling. My God, the tattling. So... (laughs) We made it. We're out. I called everyone like bright and early Sunday and I was like, come get your kid. Like, (laughs) come get all of them. Um, But this week on the Potty Pod, I wanted to talk about satiety. I think it's one of the foundational things that you need to, in my opinion, have a really basic understanding of in order to use to your advantage in your weight loss. I also think it's one of those things that not a lot of people really understand or even value, but it truly is something that when you understand it can really change both your relationship with food and the ease of your weight loss. So today we're going to really talk about its importance and also like a few things that come up around satiety that women struggle with and, you know, often really isn't talked about because you know, that's what we love to do here. We'd like to hit on All the real points that a lot of weight loss programs out there, a lot of weight loss podcasts out there don't really hit on, don't really talk about. So if you need a refresher, satiety refers to the feeling of fullness and the suppression of hunger really for a period of time after a meal. So the more satiating a particular food is, typically the longer you can go in between meals. And that is essentially the essence at least. And this is especially helpful when we talk about weight loss and weight maintenance. Um, but it's actually not a tool that many women use in their toolbox for their weight loss. In Sheetrician, we have an entire lesson on hunger and fullness. We do because hunger and fullness, although an innate biological trait that our bodies are literally born with, it isn't really 
that valued and respected in our body. However, it truly holds the key to our weight loss and also the key to keeping our weight off. You know, a lot of women do not just have an unhealthy relationship with food, but they also have like an an unhealthy relationship with their body cues. And so in Nutrition, we do a lot of work to help members find those cues But not only find them and be able to identify them, but to trust them and to honor them. And that is those last two are very, they take a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. And you would think it it isn't. You're like, oh, I know when I'm hungry. I know when I'm full. You would be surprised (laughs) that so many women, you know, don't really or aren't really able to identify what healthy hunger feels like and what healthy fullness feels like. I mean, how many of you, because I know this is definitely me at one point feel guilt or even shame when you feel satisfied or when you feel full so you undereat thinking that it's helpful to your weight loss or the exact opposite how many of you never even experience a genuine hunger cue during the day because you're constantly grazing or snacking or eating out of stress or boredom if i had to guess At least all of you have experienced one of those two sides, which is actually really, really common. I see it all the time. You know, when I was losing my weight years ago, I also really struggled with the balance of hunger and fullness. I had to question and process a lot of hidden beliefs and feelings around hunger and around fullness and then push back on them because if I didn't, I would have really, really struggled even more for even longer in my weight loss. Hunger is not an emergency, but so many of us treat it like it is. So we're scared to feel it. And the opposite, feeling full or satisfied is your body simply letting you know that it's good and that it has enough fuel. But a lot of women internalize it as guilt and shame because they feel like they should be hungry if they want to lose weight. It's a really like complex set of emotions, but it is something that I feel like really isn't talked about, but I really, really struggled with it when I was losing my weight. And I see the women that I coach every single week in nutrition really struggle with it too. And so that's why we do so much work around hunger and fullness and really being able to identify those cues in a healthy way. One of the very first things that you can begin to do when you're losing weight is really begin to get aware of the beliefs and the feelings that come up when you're about to eat and when you're about to be done eating to see if their thoughts or feelings or beliefs that you need to challenge in order to have less stress, less anxiety and guilt when you do eat. I think it's really important to note that eating meals that are satiating emotionally and physically is really important. I say emotionally because as much as we just want to like eat for fuel, you know, I sometimes like hate that saying, (laughs) or just eat things that are mostly and only nutritious, which all foods actually do contribute to that. It's just about to what degree. Um, We are emotional creatures and rejecting that would be rejecting biology. And so eating meals that you actually enjoy, and I don't mean that you have to think about if you like it or convince yourself that you kind of like it, like, oh, it's not bad. It tastes kind of good. I can eat it. I can manage it. Actually like that you actually look forward to eating is important for the longevity between meals. 
if you think about like the last time you were on your weight loss journey or if you are currently and you convinced yourself to eat this like super, super healthy meal, even though you really wanted maybe like a pasta dish and a side salad. And so you eat the super healthy salad or the meal and then after you snack and you graze and you need something sweet because your meal didn't satisfy your emotional hunger. Physically, you were full, but you still had this longing or this wanting to eat even after you finished eating. When you are consistently eating foods that you genuinely enjoy, I always find my clients snacking and grazing and just nitpicking at things through the day really is cut down. It like um, almost disappears. And so, you know, the overeating and the grazing and the snacking and things like that, it truly doesn't happen as often because there is no emotional need. They're already eating delicious food. So finding it elsewhere via treats or snacks becomes less of an issue. And so I think that's a really important note to just make when we talk about satiety and longevity between meals. We often ignore the emotional and the mental components of our weight loss because I truly believe that it's the most important piece. I always tell my girls in nutrition, you guys have probably heard me say this a million times in the podcast, you can know what to do all day long. You all are smart educated, cultured, and sophisticated women, every single one of you. Your weight loss is never about lack of knowledge. It's about having the tools to navigate when you know you should do the thing, but you don't want to. And so that's where that emotional piece comes into play. When you can acknowledge the feelings of stress and anxiety around your food or even like the toxic and unhelpful beliefs that you have around food, you make so much more progress in your weight loss because you're able to do that work. But there also is a science to satiety. And so that's what I really want to focus in on today. I want to give you my top three foods to begin to include in your meals or through your day or even through your week that will help your meals not only go the distant, but also help you overeat less so that you can enjoy your food, lose more weight. So let's jump right into it. So numero uno, protein. I'm not even going to try to be mysterious here, okay? I talk about protein so much because it plays such a vital role in your weight loss. I think over the years, society has really conditioned, or I should say diet culture, has conditioned us to believe that protein is just like for the avid gym goer. Like if you aren't busting down 200 pounds in a, in a power squat, I have no idea the terminology here, you shouldn't be eating lots of protein. But that's not true. Even if you are pretty sedentary, your protein intake is really, really important for satiety, yes, and your weight loss. It has some really great metabolic advantages too, since your body requires more energy to even break down and convert protein to energy. But my general rule of thumb when it comes to protein is four to five ounces of a direct or intentional protein at like 70% of your meals each day, which is basically like if you have three meals, four to five ounces at at least two of them. That at the very least often gets you to around 50 to 60 grams a day. And then because lots of other foods have protein, you know, animal proteins are not the only things that house protein. Um, Because other foods have protein, typically you end your day around 70 to 80. I think the general recommendations for women, the RDA for protein right now is like 
I want to say 58 to 64 grams. I cannot remember the exact number, but it's around that, like that general consensus. And I really think it's time to evaluate that and um, increase that, to be honest. Personally, I recommend 80 to 100 grams each day, especially if you are trying to lose weight. And I think one of the easiest ways, if you are doing the 70% rule, which is like basically two thirds of your meals each day should have four to five ounces of protein. If you are doing that, and then you add in a daily protein shake, nine times out of 10, you're hitting that 80 to 100 gram a day goal. My favorite protein shakes are either boosts, um, the high protein reduced sugar ones. If you are a beginner to protein or protein shakes as a supplement, they are really, really, really great. They taste amazing and they're also supplemented. They are a little pricey, but I think I will always like, I'm standing behind boost. Um, they're worth it in my humble opinion. I also really like the premier protein shakes. They are not as sweet, but if you drink them really, really cold, like I like to just basically freeze mine and thaw them slightly. They're really, really great. And then I also like to do my favorite concoction, uh, which is just almond milk, a uh, scoop of protein powder and cinnamon and ice and just shake that bad boy up and you've got a really sweet tasting drink. On the opposite side of that, you do not need a crazy amount of protein in each day either to get the effects that um, or to get the benefits that it really can provide you. You know, a lot of people will go a little too crazy with the protein where they're trying to do like 200 grams a day. And unless you are some high competing bodybuilder, you do not need that much protein for the average woman. Even if you're just hitting the gym and lifting some weights three or four times a week, you do not need that crazy amount of protein. A lot of that is just being excreted right through your, your urine anyways. If you are lifting weights or you are an avid gym goer, you know, maybe an extra 20, 30 grams, but for the most part, around 80 to 100 is right on the money for most women. Of course, everyone's body is a little bit different, but for the most part, this is a really great range to shoot for. And when you have high protein things that also have some great fat, it's an even bigger win-win. For example, things like salmon, chicken thighs with skin. You know, a lot of women are scared of things like that because of the calories. But something that I'm always reminding my own clients is that it is much better to have a full balanced meal than to be eating these really small and reasonable or unrealistic portions that's usually fueled from a place of wanting quick weight loss to happen. So you restrict your portions and then what usually ends up happening is you'll be hungry 30 minutes later and then you snack and graze into your next meal and you do it all over again. Fat is a nutrient that I like to call like a professional best friend. It tends to pair really, really, really well with a lot of foods and acts as a really great booster. Fat itself is also really satiating. And so when you have something like protein that's higher on the satiety index and you pair it with the fat that's also high on the satiety index or it has fat in it, it's even more filling. Things that are also high on the satiety index are like high fiber foods. This is where volume eating really comes into play because fruits and vegetables are obviously high in fiber and they're also low in calories. So when you have a volume focused meal, which is 
basically just means a third to half of your plate is non-starchy vegetables. Not only are you getting in lots of fiber, which means your meals are going to help you go the distance, but they also tend to be low in calories. And then when you add in, let's say a fat, because you cook your vegetables in a little olive oil or a quality butter, then you've added a booster to satiety. Again, you might be thinking, okay, well, that's extra calories, Chantel. I'm trying to be in a calorie deficit, but I always view it as saving calories later. Sure, an extra lean chicken breast with steamed broccoli is lower in calories. You got me there. But is it really going to go the distance for you? And to piggyback off what we talked about earlier, is it going to satisfy both your emotional and your physical needs of hunger? If you cooked your chicken breast in a little olive oil or you seared it in a little avocado oil and you seasoned it really well and you added a little Parmesan to your seasoned broccoli with some rice or you even turned the boring chicken breast and steamed broccoli into like a pasta dish where you incorporated a portion of pasta and a little cream or coconut cream and you, you made it a full dish, yes, you are adding calories. But if adding these calories now means you save three times the calories later because you aren't hungry in an hour or aren't hitting up your pantry or your vending machine because you still have a void that wasn't filled with your meal, then you increase your likelihood of ending your day in a deficit not the other way around. And my last favorite high satiety food is good old potatoes. Poor potatoes, they get such a bad rep. But man, are they so helpful for weight loss. Not only are they a low calorie food, I think one full Russell potato is like 100 calories. If I'm not mistaken, I could be... um I could be missing the mark on that a little bit, but I know it's around that. But they're also packed with nutrients and incredibly high on the satiety index. I believe boiled potatoes are like actually number one. And so potatoes are like one of my favorite things to incorporate into meals, especially meals with protein, with fiber and fat baked in. I have an entire basket dedicated to potatoes in my pantry from like every variety you can imagine. And I actually started growing my own in my garden, which I'm really, really excited about. I mean, outside of them being so versatile, they really are a powerhouse for filling both physical and emotional hunger, which helps you eat less physically and eat less emotionally over time, which is what so many people miss on their weight loss journeys. These two things must work together for you to be successful in your weight loss long term, more than just get the weight off, but to keep the weight off. And so when you can combine these things into your meal and often, so protein, some really great quality fats, your fiber. So think non-starchy vegetables and fruits and potatoes. <laughs> I think you'll notice less overeating, but also really feeling better through the day and feeling like your every waking moment and thought isn't about wondering what you're going to eat next. So I hope that was helpful. If it was, I always ask that you share it with a friend so that we can help more women just like you lose their weight for good. And if you haven't just yet, if you tune in every single week, I'd love for you to leave a review. Let me know what you think about the podcast so that I can keep on cranking out helpful episodes for you and your weight loss journey. And until then, I'll see you next week, boo.